Hey everybody, welcome to Faith Over Fear. We're in week 13. We're getting close to the end of the first month of the new year. I hope everybody's doing well with their New Year's resolutions. I hope you're doing well with getting into the Word and getting into worship a little bit more. This week I want to talk about how being divided we will fall. And there's three different subgroups that I want to talk about. One, obviously being the country. Two, being the church. And then three, individually. But before I get into all that, I, I want to just start with, for the first time I believe in my life, or at least that I can remember, we saw another snowstorm in the same week here in North Carolina. It was awesome. My kids loved it. I loved it. The best part about the second snow was it lasted about through the night and then it was gone by the afternoon. So it was awesome. I know that the East Coast has gotten hit with quite a bit of snow. So I hope everyone's doing doing well. I hope everyone's safe. I hope everyone's got power. And I hope that most importantly, if you've got kids, I hope you just enjoyed it. I hope that work didn't get in the way of it. And I hope that you guys built some great snowmen, had some good snowball fights and had some awesome sledding. I know we did here in the Campbell household. Like I said, I want to I want to get into how being divided, we can fall. And so I want to start with the country and I, I want to start with what happened last week. As a lot of you guys know, the reason why I'm here on this podcast and how we started it was to combat political and social landscapes with the truth of God's word. And I want to take a biblical approach to the to the surrounding world that we live in, especially here in America. Last week, the Senate voted 52 to 48 to not end the filibuster. And a lot of you might ask, why is that important? The reason why this is important is because to end the filibuster now means that whichever political party pretty much in power will, won't have a, a checks and balance. So what happens when it's filibustered? When, what happens when a law is filibustered? So what happens is, is you pretty much put it in a limbo state. To end a filibuster, you have to have 60 of the 100 senators vote to end it, therefore turning it into a law. Well, with this latest voting rights bills, I believe there's two of them that the Democrats are trying to get passed, they they know that the only way to get it passed is the end of filibuster, is to get around the checks and balances. So how are you going to do that? You just get rid of the checks and balances. Well, thankfully, there's two senators, Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema out of Arizona, who voted in favor of the Republicans on this one. And the crazy thing to me about this is, is now Cinema, who, who is a Democrat, she's on the left side. She just said that I, I can't go forward ending the filibuster. She's now being blocked by her own party. She's being censored by her own party. They're trying to do the same thing to Joe Manchin. I don't want to get into the voting rights bills or what, what it was that they were trying to pass. We can talk about that another time, but I just want to highlight why I think it's important. See, so if you end the filibuster, so if we ended that filibuster, then that means that whichever political party has power of the Senate, you can now pass pretty much any law that you want to as long as you have 50 votes, And if, depending on who the vice president is. So as of right now, the Democrats hold the quote-unquote the majority right now because they have 50 votes, and then with the VP being part of the left, then you're you're going to have that vote. But the problem with that is, is 
no party is going to stay in control forever. So if you in the filibuster and in, let's just say in the 2022 midterms, Republicans gain power of the House and Senate back, and now you don't have a filibuster, now the Republicans can push through whatever it is they want to. And I hope all of you out there listening can see that that's not a good thing, regardless of what party you align yourself with. That's not a good thing. And so why am I starting with this? Because I see a divide in the country. We've never been more divided in this country in my lifetime. I see people on Facebook and on Instagram, all through social media saying, you know what, if it's just time to burn, let it burn. Speaking on the country. Showing almost no care that we're in what could be the downfall of our society. It's almost like people don't care. But a downfall of the country affects everyone. It doesn't just affect Democrats or it doesn't just affect Republicans. This affects everybody, rich and poor. If we fall as a nation, then where we go from there, I don't know. And I don't think anybody does. And so I kind of wanted to highlight, you know, I, I hear I hear people all the time talk about Rome as the example. And so I was reading an article from LifePersona.com about the decline of the Roman Empire. And it gives the top 10 reasons why the Roman Empire fell. Now, I'm not going to go into all 10, but there were four on that list that we're seeing happen right now in our own country. And I think that that should bring up some red flags for every American, especially in an election year. So the number one reason the experts say of the Roman Empire's decline was decline in values and morals. Lord knows I wish I would have found this article a couple months ago when I went through my episode Freedom Minus Morals Equals Chaos because that's exactly what happened in Rome. They said the number one issue was the decline in values and morals. And the main highlight was prostitution and the sexual immoral. It talks about how the kings and and the higher-ups in Rome, they spent more money and they spent more time having, how do I want to say this without getting too, they were doing things they shouldn't have been doing on a sexual level with their money and their riches. Number four was inflation. I don't have to go into that. We all know that inflation in America is at its highest point in, in quite some time. Number six was a divided empire, which I think is funny that they use divide when you talk about the fall of a nation. You can't fall if you're not divided, right? If everyone's on the same page, if everyone's in agreement, then how would you fall? Unless you're just corrupt, and then that, but that's a whole nother story. But when you read that part of a divided empire, they said culturally they were divided. Culturally they were divided. Well, where's America divided at right now? I would say culturally, politically, socially, even religiously, honestly. And then number 10 was political corruption. Like I said, there was 10, 10 topics for the, the fall of the Roman Empire, but I, I wanted to highlight these four because I think that we're seeing it in America right now. We're seeing the decline in values and morals. I've already talked about that. And if you haven't listened, I would encourage you to go back and listen to episode four, Freedom Without Morals, Freedom Minus Morals Equals Chaos. I would encourage you guys go back and listen to that because I think it ties into this perfectly. 
But what I know is as a country, as a people, as Americans, we've got to come to a point now where, you know, agreeing to disagree is not a bad thing. OK, that, there's nothing wrong with that. And I've had people make fun of me for that because they say spoken like a true conservative. And that's not what it is. It's not spoken like a conservative. It's spoken like a believer of Christ. See, when Jesus walked the earth, he didn't agree with everybody. I would actually venture out to say he probably agreed with a lot fewer people than he did a lot of people. But that didn't change his mission. That didn't change who he was. He just showed love through it all. And so we as a country have got to get to a point where we've got to stop drawing lines of Democrats versus Republicans. We've got to stop doing that. We've got to stop doing that. Stop with the social the social divide and the cultural divide. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with disagreeing, but you can't just automatically assume that someone is evil because they don't agree with you or they don't see things your way. And again, the main thing in the divide in this country is, is we have got to have our values and morals reflect a higher standard than they do right now. We have to. And so if we don't get on the right track politically and as a country, then we're going to watch a fall. You know, they say Rome didn't fall overnight. Well, you're watching what happens in America when you continue to push God out of society. See, what I believe is regardless of if you believe in God or not, regardless if you're a quote unquote Christian, I think that if we all live by the biblical principles and biblical morals, our society will be in such a better place than it is right now. And so we as a country, we've got to get better. We all have to do better. We all have to do better as a, as a country, as Americans. So the second, the second subgroup of divided we fall, I said it was the church. And so what I see happening in the church is that you're letting denominations take precedence over the word of God. The church is doing the same thing that politics does. You draw a line in the sand and say, you're either with me or you're against me. But that's not how it, it w was intended for the church to be. And so I wanted to use Romans chapter 12, which I encourage everyone to read the whole chapter. It's, it's a beautiful chapter of how we should live our lives as, as believers. But starting, like I said, chapter 12, verse 9, and this is important for the church. This is what I want the church to hear is don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with a genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't individual churches in America that, that don't do this and that they don't do this well. But what I can tell you as a whole, and I'm not talking about a church building, I'm talking about a, a body of believers. We do not do that well. We are not practicing these things. OK, we're not. We're not rejoicing in our confident hope. We're not patient in trouble. We're quick to fear. And to keep on praying I'm not here to say that people are or are not praying, but what I will say is, is that you you will know it by the, the direction of the church. And as a whole, I think we've missed the mark. 
It says take delight in honoring each other. Where is that at? We in denominations, we get so hung up on how we translate what the word of God is saying that we shun each other. So if you're a Methodist and you see a Pentecostal, you can't you can't mix. If you're a Baptist and you see a Presbyterian, you can't mix. We don't agree with each other. We see things wrong. They've got it wrong. I've got it right. Well, let me tell you something. When you have that mentality, you've got it wrong. Because that's not biblical. Okay? That's not biblical. Number nine, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them and hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. See, if we don't do that in the church, which we're not doing that in the church as a whole in America, then you're going to watch a divided church fall. But this is what I want to highlight. God will not fail. God does not fall. Okay? God does not fall. But we as people will if we don't hold tight to what is good, if we don't hold tight to what he says in the word. And what I know is, is seeing the church is that we're not doing that. And I want to encourage you guys. I see different denominations accepting you know, certain sins and, and pretending like, that they have the love of Christ and that, you know, even though they're doing what the Bible says is wrong, it's not really that bad. That is not holding tight to what is good. That's not hating what is wrong. See, what we're doing is, is we're loving what the world wants to love and not loving what God has told us to love. We are instructed through the Bible to live a holy life. And it gives us examples of what that looks like. And we as the church aren't doing it. We ignore it. And that's why people are leaving the church. That's why thousands of churches every single year are closing their doors. That's why the younger generation is not coming with the church. Because we're divided. And so therefore we're watching the fall. We're watching the fall of the church. And I'm here to say if you would get in the word and if you would pray and if you would worship, then that divide will stop. Because again, God doesn't fail. God doesn't fall. God does not divide. We do. We cannot be divided on the truth of God's word. We can't be. What we're doing is we're dividing in how we see it, on what we think. And I'm here to tell you that you shouldn't be living the life off of what you think. You should be living the life of what Jesus taught us and the example he gave us while he was on the earth. And so then now we've got as an individual and and to be fair, individually, if you fall, then the church is going to do the same thing. So I think it goes a little bit deeper than just the church. I think it goes into our individual lives. And so for that, I want to use Romans chapter 12 as well. But verses one, one and two, it says, Dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you, give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Done for you, not the church, he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you which is good and pleasing and perfect. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, 
but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you. So individually, it's not about how you think. Okay? It's how God allows you to be transformed to think. So it's the will that God has given you. It's the plans that God has given you. You will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Not by conforming to the behaviors and customs of this world, but being transformed by the Holy Spirit. And so here, as we're we're finishing up this first month of the new year, and like I said, I know everyone's got their New Year's resolutions, and I know that, you know, as of right now, you're probably still hanging on to it. I know this is kind of getting to the point of the year where it's kind of hard to, to, to hold strong to it. But what I want to encourage you with is until we fix ourselves individually, then we won't fix the church and we won't fix our country. If you don't fix the divide in your own life, then how do you expect to change the divide in the church? And how do you expect to change the divide of our country? What I'm here to tell you is, is that if you do what Romans says, allow yourself to be transformed by God, then you'll begin to see these divides crushed. We can begin to build our lives on the firm foundation of the word of God, and we can see the the church begin to gain its power back through the Holy Spirit, through God Almighty. And then we can see the divide of the country stop. We were founded on Christian principles and values, biblical values. We've got to get back to that. I always hear people say that we're at a point in our country where, you know, we need to start over. It's time that we continue to grow. We continue to learn. And I don't disagree with that. I have no problem with that unless it's not surrounded by the Bible. And that's where my problem comes in. Again, whether or not you believe in God or not, biblical values are ones that are true and good. And so I hope this week you guys take some time to look at your own lives, look at the church, look at the country, and start responding biblically instead of politically or socially or culturally. Because if we're not responding biblically, then what are we really doing as believers? Guys, I hope you enjoy this episode. I hope that this reaches somebody. I hope that it it helps you guys out. And as usual, if you like what you hear, share us on Facebook, on Instagram, find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating. It really helps us spread the word. And guys, remember, this is not about me. This is not about Tyler Campbell. This is about starting revival in our country and seeing God move through our country. Guys, be blessed this week. Like I said, like us, share us. Love you guys. Have a great week. <laughs>